Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about it, it being bad things happening here. Here being, you know, wherever you are. We're talking specifically about wherever you are. I'm Robert Evans, uh, one of the hosts of this podcast. And with me today is a guy I have uh, a lot of admiration for, probably my favorite YouTube documentarian, which I guess would be the fastest way to sum up who you are and what you do. Uh, Dan Olson from the channel Folding Ideas. Uh, Dan, hi. Hi. How you doing? doing? (laughs) I'm doing well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Now, Dan, you and I have like a, a topic of shared interest to discuss. Um, but the first thing I wanted to talk about is your your name on on the internet is uh, is foldable human. Yeah. You, I don't feel like I could fold you very well. No. Okay. So uh, back in high school, um, mm-hmm. I used to be like I was a really small guy. Like I was a really skinny guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and do you, do you remember the, you remember all the ads from the nineties for exercise equipment? I do remember some of that. Yeah. So the, the tagline that they always used for like the, as seen on TV exercise equipment was that it folds for easy storage. Ah, and being, being dumbass kids, you know, it's like one person in our friend group, like has a car, but there's like seven of us. And so someone's got to ride in the trunk and it's like, well, Dan gets to ride in the trunk. Like we're going to stick Dan in the trunk cause he folds for easy storage. Cause I was a small guy. <laughs> and so it, I, so I don't know why when I was like busy air, like trying to brand the channel, like, you know, a decade ago, uh, I was like, I had this phrase that I was using with students that I was interacting with was like, well, let's unfold that idea, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but like, that was kind of like on my mind. So I was like, ah, well, we'll like call the channel, like unfolding ideas, unfolding didn't really like just sound good. So I was like, well, folding ideas. Uh, and then, well, aesthetic parallel to that, you know, foldable human. I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it came to me and it sounded good and it was nowhere on the internet. There was like no overlap. So I'm like, all right, interesting. We're, we're good to go. SEO locked in. <laughs> that's an example of a thing that I, you know, we're talking, we're going to be talking a lot about stuff that's unsettling about our modern era and how the internet has sort of altered human dynamics. One of the things that I think is kind of neat about it is its ability to kind of preserve an amber 
aspects of of you from the deep past. Like I have one of my emails, like my personal email is a Gmail that I got back when you had to get an invite to get a Gmail, right? Like when, right, right, yeah, right yeah. when Gmail first became a thing. And it's like, I'm not going to say it on here because then my email will get bombarded with shit. But like, <laughs> it's a, it's like a stupid joke um, right. that doesn't really make any sense. And every time I give it to someone, they're like, why is that your email? And I'm like, well, cause I was like 12. Like, I don't, I don't even remember right. why I set this thing. It's just this like moment of something I thought was funny when I was prepubescent frozen in Amber forever, because that's the internet does that in little ways for each of us. I, I definitely abandoned my uh, my original something awful account because I'm like, like you know what maybe maybe not that username anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you are. You, so Dan, if people are not familiar with you, and I'm going to guess a, a, a significant chunk of our listenership uh, is um, kind of one of the biggest touchstones for you recently was you put out a video um, about the NFT craze that a lot of people have credited with helping to kill it. Um, me among them. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful video. Line Go Up was the actual title. L- line YouTube, Goes right? Up, yeah. Yeah, Line Goes Up. Um, very good breakdown of how they work, why it was a con. Um, and you've been doing, you know, I think kind of the first really, the first time I became aware of you was you did a, a Flat Earth documentary, which is is very good. Um, you know, I did a, an article recently on like AI kids books that was partly inspired by mm-hmm. an investigation you did into these kind of audible slash Kindle grifters, the Mickelson twins. Um, so you do that kind of thing, right? Like you, 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 ba- you kind of run across things that are troubling or confusing to you. And then you investigate them um, to a pretty impressive extent and put together very clear uh, uh, video investigations. You know, that's, that's uh, I think in a nutshell, probably pretty accurate. Yeah, that's kind of where the where the channels ended up. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a few different things over uh, over the years, but that's kind of the the phase yeah. that it's in right now. Is this kind of like I don't know, like yeah, documentarian place. Yeah, and you know, a lot of your stuff seems to focus on basically like the topic of kind of online grifter culture, um, and and sort of its intersection with like. different weird cultic milieus like there's kind of a a cross especially like with nfts a real big crossover betwixt the two right like it's kind of i think a lot of um crypto culture was kind of this intersection between old school cons and kind of internet cult dynamics um so I, i wanted to talk today about the problem of uh, scam culture in the United States, because, and I, I, by any sort of like objective reckoning, I've been looking into this. There are more scams and more fraud than at any right now in the United States than at any point previously, and basically from all sides. Like phone scams are at the highest rate they've ever been. People are getting like, um, like I think the statistic I've got is that. Uh, in, in March, uh, 2021, I think is kind of when that peaked at like 4.9 billion, uh, robocall scams, um, which is like, like just kind of an outrageous increase over where it was a few years ago. The rate of like fraud against elderly people seems to be at an all time high, um, at least in terms of dollar amount. One of kind of the unsettling quotes that I came across when I was looking into, the degree to which old people are being scammed. And it's often through uh, various email scams that are kind of based on getting trust or frightening them that like someone else is trying to scam them. And so they need to give information. Anyway, um, the thing that the quote that I came across was uh, a regulator talking about this and being like, yeah, I, it's not, it's no longer like small or even medium dollar cons. People are stealing generational wealth, which was really interesting to me. Um, and then there's kind of like phishing attacks are at uh, pretty close to an all-time high. I mean, there's a I'll, I'll send you there's a graph that I came across in a uh, what was the source on this uh, in a Comparatech article that it, I mean it's just a straight line up from January 2029 to like the end of 2022. Um, and so I'm I'm. I'm kind of looking at all this and there's a couple of different causes, right? Like some of the stuff the SCC did under Ajit Pai gets blamed for why it's gotten even worse with, with phone scams, although that's not the whole story. Um, AI powered tools have, have 
been a big part of like why phishing attacks have increased so much. But then like you've got like the degree to which the elderly are being conned, which is like the this at kind of at this intersection of a few different things, how much more online old people are today than they were, you know, 10, 15 yeah. years ago for population bubbles, yeah. you know, multivalent yeah. dynamics. Yeah. But kind of the commonality is that like scams are all around like people we're all kind of being assaulted by yes. scams. I mean, my last, I just, I just grabbed my phone and like of my last like 15 text messages, maybe, uh, it's like your pickup is available a couple, (laughs) like three with, you know, four with actual friends and then, uh, interact. You just received an e-interact transfer. Hi, long time. No talk. Just got your money. Okay. We'll send soon. Uh, 389 can now be routed to your institution. Submit. Why the Canada revenue agency has sent you money. Uh, oh, your good. verification code for visa transfer is, and it's like, uh, it's like just constant, constant. I, I hadn't even, cause like, I'm I, not going to be su- shocked at all. If I get a phishing text message during this conversation. Yeah. Like between my email and, uh, and like my text messages or, or just phone calls. Right. I, I yeah. get every day I get two or three calls from scam likely, you know? Yeah. Um, my, my good friend scam likely. Yeah. yeah. My, my old buddy, he's always got a, always got something cooking. Um, but yeah, it, it's, and I, it, this kind of like, I started focusing on this more a couple of months ago because you know, I had vaguely noticed, boy, it's just like nothing but fucking scams coming into me through my phone these days. Um, and then a couple of months ago, I got a phone call from my bank, and it was one of those things. Like everyone else, my cell phone lets me know when, like, a call is from scam likely or when it's from, like, you know, and it had the name of my bank on there. It was the yeah. right number, you know. Um, so I pick it up. And a human being is on the line and they're like, is this, you know, Robert Evans? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, we have seen some like fraudulent activity on your account. Can we ask you a couple questions? And that is I've gotten that call before yeah. legitimately. You know, it's not a weird thing for your bank to be like, hey, let's talk about these are charges. You at, are you in the country right now? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm in, I'm in yeah. New York. It's like, OK, so yeah. we're seeing activity yeah. out in New York. That's you. Yeah. yeah. Did you just buy something in Florida? No, I never go to Florida. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So and I, I didn't actually get to see where they were going with this. Nothing suspicious had happened. But like after they say that, I'm like, okay, yeah, like what's what's the charge? And then my phone disconnects, right? Like it's, you know, again, yeah. my I, where I live, you know, Oregon is the middle of nowhere. So like sometimes yeah. connectivity is not great. Um, so I call them back, you know, and I, I get on the phone with uh, a person and they're like, yeah, what's, what seems to be up? And I'm like, well, you guys called me saying that like that there was some possibly fraudulent activity that we needed to talk about. And the lady on the other end is like, no one here called you. Like, I'm looking at your record. I can tell when someone's getting a call. We don't have any record of that. And I explained what happened. And she, like, goes back, talks to a supervisor and is like, so that was a scam. Um, they've This is something we've seen more and more lately. They've, they're able now to actually just spoof yeah. Our our banks and this is uh, my bank is a significant sized institution. Um, they're able to spoof our phone number now, um, and so you can't tell through the caller ID. And like it was this whole thing where like obviously I know don't give certain things over the phone even if they're pretending to be your bank. We never got to that point where anything was actually compromised, but it was just like, well shit, like what are you like? That's this is now well beyond the thing where like you're getting called and someone's offering you a, you know, to make a bunch of money, you know, holding a Nigerian prince's wealth or something. If you send them your bank account, this is your bank calls you and your phone tells you that it's your bank and a human being who sounds just like the bank teller. Like it's, it's gotten so, and I, I think kind of the broad, Obviously, each of these individual vectors by which scamming has increased is is a worthy story and a, a separate story in a lot of ways. But they also come together in this like, well, you know, it's not uh, it's not like weird at this point to note that everybody seems angrier and everybody seems paranoid. And you hear yeah. more stories about shit like people opening fire on folks pulling into their driveway to turn around and there's, you know, that story, obviously, there's guns and stuff that's also connected to that. But I wonder how much of the paranoia and anger is at least exacerbated by the fact that everyone is fighting off a million scammers at all times. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, like that just we're seeing this uh, 
erosion of public trust in in reality. Yeah. And and some of that is like deliberate and political. uh, And a lot of it is just coming from like the fact that technology has enabled spam in in unprecedented new vectors. And the fact that you can like that you can automate bombarding people with noise uh, is is just kind of. It, it's eaten away at all of us because yeah, like, it, how do I, how do I trust anything? I mean, so like, and this is the thing is it, it's like, okay, so I've been, I've been keyed into this and thus paranoid for like a decade now. So if I yeah. get a message that's like, you know, like that from my bank, if it comes in text, then it's like, I don't interact with the original thing that it came from. I then go like on the website. It's like, all right, I like call my bank to, uh, to, to inquire about it. Like never, you know, it's like, ah, never communicate through the channel that you're first contacted in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're dealing with your bank and it's like, and it's like, but is that level of paranoia healthy? And it's like, that takes, that also takes effort. That means yeah. you have to have the foresight to be like, do not panic see the thing, process it, consciously go somewhere else and like, you know, uh, activate a different channel. You know, if they contact you through text, you know, go through like email or uh, or like live chat. If they contact you through email, call them on the phone, not with the phone number that was at the bottom of the email. Go to the website. And it's like, that's effort. That's effort. I I don't even have that much uh, energy in me sometime. And a lot of other people just like absolutely don't. And. And that leads to like just exhaustion, vulnerability, you know, all of the things that that feed into like paranoia, distrust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's relentless. Like uh, online advertising is basically useless at this point. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like you if if you ran. If you ran a legitimate ad, you know, un- unless you have the money to run like a real proper you know, basically TV commercial, uh, yeah. y- 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 like banner ads. I haven't, I, I, I've seen like, I don't know one legitimate banner ad for like a car company in the last year. Everything else is like a hearing aid scam or, you know, liquefy your belly fat using the metaverse. Yeah. And it's, it's this constant, like number one, it, it's led me to the situation where when I see an ad on social media in particular, but with any sort of like print in an online ad, my assumption is it's probably a con, right? Yeah. Even if it's like, oh, wow, that shirt looks nice. Well, that company's probably not going to ship me that shirt, right? Like, the, yeah, or it no. won't be right. Like, yeah, it'll be that, fucked that up. That photo in some is way. absolutely not from the company that is running yeah. this ad. Yeah. You just, you assume, you distrust as a, uh, as a first measure. You see, you see a banner ad, you see the aesthetics of advertising and, the assumption is that it's like, ah, that's going to, you know, that's going to get me to sign up for some subscription that's going to be buried in like recurring payments that I will never be able to cancel. And it's, it's interesting because I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if this has been your experience, but like I, I can acknowledge, I think I morally have to acknowledge like part of my success financially as a creator has been as a result of that because one of the things that we've seen in the the ad market is that text ads ads for print and shit do not work do not function no. in any yeah. way shape or form um and a lot of like random intercidal ads don't work well but creator ads work well and so yeah. there's money in it right because people listen to like people have a degree of like okay well this is like number one it's just like the the, the process of consuming a YouTube video or a podcast is different from an article but like the ads work better because it doesn't feel the same as like the scrum of shit that like is getting pushed into every conversation you have on Twitter yeah um, a, a human that I can confirm exists yeah has at least taken a look at this mm-hmm like this is not at least like not a, a complete con or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, or if it is, then like then the 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 host has also is has also been kind of like conned <laughs> yeah, by that or whatever. It like it ends up, yeah, we're in this together. Like it ends up being at least like uh, a, a little bit sort of sort of distant distanced from that. 
um, you know, like the, the fricking, you know, uh, buy, buy a square foot of land in Scotland and, and become a Lord. And that whole thing is like a scam being run out of China. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the kind of like weird ironies for me is it's like, okay, so line goes up, came out while the crypto, ecosystem was in its like biggest ad blitz ever yeah. you know they had the, the super bowl ads coming up just like a month later Fucking actually like weeks like weeks afterwards yeah. and so um you know like the vast majority of the like uh uh mid-roll ads that ran on that video were crypto.com were ftx <laughs> were binance yeah uh and and the ad rates that they were paying, like the CPM that they were paying to run on crypto relevant uh, videos was insane. Yeah. It was like it was like 2011 all over again. 2011 was the only good time to be in <laughs> digital content creation. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER me Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. There's like a lot that's um, unsettling about that. I think one of the things that is like most frustrating to me is the degree to which it's meant that we've we've gone backwards. Like there was this – people who like study tech and kind of the way – socialization around big tech works talk about this thing called the trough of disappointment right which is yeah. when you get a new technology everybody we're in like the hype phase for like ai right now right yeah and yeah. then at a certain point it becomes clear which aspects of the hype were right you know the degree to yeah. which the technology is capable of doing things that that kind of the evangelists were claiming and to which extent the hype was wrong right yeah. in what areas is, is the tech always going to fall short um and that's called like the trough of disappointment when people mm -hmm. start to realize and then you know things kind of are supposed to level after Pets. that. Pets.com is not in fact magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't just keep shoveling money into this shit forever and in the hopes of exponential returns. Um, or as a consumer, like at a certain point, I can remember the time when phones were exciting and I was as a, especially as a journalist, like really interested every new year at like what new things they're capable of. And then after a couple of years, it was like, well, every phone is, like, th there's no difference now. There's no excitement in getting a new phone. It's just like, well, this, yeah. my old phone is broken, so I need a new phone. But, like, I'm not like, wow, the new capabilities of this yeah. device. Um, but I feel like there's another, I don't even, I don't really know what to call it, but there's also this kind of thing where we, the internet 
helps to create or is the method through which is disseminated a new labor-saving device. And then the scams reach such a density that the amount of labor you're able to save is minimal, right? Um, like that's – that's I, I feel like yeah. there's – like a, a that's at least one of the things that I've noticed, especially with like digital communication, with just communication in general, right? My smartphone made it easier to stay in touch all the time. And now my smartphone, like it obviously I still carry the damn thing everywhere, but like my text messages are mostly scams and my emails are mostly scams and most of the calls that I get are scams. Like Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been finding myself drifting back towards email as a communication medium just because the spam filters are uh, better, you know, mature and sophisticated. And th- for the most part, they work Yeah, like they're, yeah. That it's like, ah, I yeah. can actually, people can actually reach me by email. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, like there's, there's a whole tech, like the, really kind of the big thing is there's this whole technological element to it. And you know, when you, when you sort of pitched the, uh, the idea of this conversation, the first two places my brain went to were John Romulus Brinkley, the uh, goat testicle doctor. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and yeah. pioneer of new media radio. And, yeah. and of course, uh, and Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. You know, like those, those were the, those were the two things that my brain immediately was like, this is, this is sort of like relevant to it because like Brinkley was, he was a pioneer of radio. He, he absolutely, uh, advance sort of the format of like what radio could be and how you could use radio to not just extract money from people, but get them onto your side such that after they have given you their money, like they're, they're not just, they're not just your, your victims. You're, you're not just rolling into town and selling them some, some snake oil and then like skedaddling as fast as possible. You, you have made, them into your fans in, into your followers. And, you know, the way that he did that by connecting his scam to like a sense of identity, you know, that he, he wasn't just this fake doctor. He was also effectively a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. People who would defend it after there was no longer any chance of them, like after it had been sort of proven that the thing that he was promising was not real. Right. Yeah. Like once there was no more, it's almost like, you know, that play the music man. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if, if you, if you at home or not, like I'm not a huge musical theater guy, this is a pretty famous play, but like the basic idea is this guy tells everyone comes, this con man comes to town, tells everyone he's going to make like a big band and raises money for it. And his plan is to like take the money and run. It's kind of what the monorail sketch in the Simpsons is based on to a significant extent. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, I shouldn't have brought this up maybe because I'm actually not that knowledgeable about musical theater, but my recollection of the way it goes is that like he falls in love or some shit and feels bad. And you know, they, they wind up, he, he winds up becoming not a con man. But like, I, I think the modern version of that is he just, he gets people to like adopt as a religion, the idea that these fucking t- trombones and uniforms <laughs> and tubas and shit are on the way. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, then they attack the local newspaper and and string a journalist up in the center of town for telling them that there's we we're 10 years into this and he hasn't started a band anyway whatever yeah yeah and so so the other one McLuhan you know his uh his famous postulate the medium is the message which remains a, a radical observation to this day is just the, it's this assertion that the medium itself is more important than any given message on it or even the like the the combined weight of the individual messages now uh, i i think in some regards McLuhan kind of went like overboard with that cuz he said that it's like content doesn't matter at all and it's like ah i think content matters but the point still stands that like the medium itself the like the invention of radio the invention of television yeah. the invention of the internet the invention of social media had a bigger like has had a bigger impact than any given thing on it because that's the thing that ultimately we warp our lives around that we restructure our homes around, we restructure our physical environment around, we restructure how we spend our days. Like the, our time usage gets warped around the medium itself. Uh, and, and thus the medium becomes the portal for information to travel through. Absolutely. And it also 
I mean, I think there's an extent to which that is true of kind of the way parasocial dynamics impact things like political belief. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people and I think there are a lot of things that people – a lot of – especially when it comes to like radical politics that people adopt – because somebody who they had come to already like expresses those politics, right? Yeah. And so something that maybe never would have gotten any purchase with them um, suddenly is able to get purchase with them because like a dude that they – or a, a lady that they had a parasocial relationship expressed this kind of stuff. And it just – it's not that it like hacks their brain. It's not that like people are, you know, little robots. It's that – uh this is kind of the way influence works. It's the same reason why yeah. like your you like uh, people often wind up believing similar things to their parents or similar things to their friends group. You know, if your friends are all saying like, you know, on the positive end of things, if you if you grow up like like I did, uh, I don't know about your high school, but if you were oh, yeah. like in I the did, 90s, where, like, I, I was just yeah. thinking the same thing, like my vocabulary in high school was, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the there is there a some there's a slur that starts with F that was like every third word out of not yeah. just my mouth, but everyone yeah. I knew knows. But the, yeah. the movie Superbad captures this to a significant degree of fidelity, to be honest. Yeah, um, that's just the way shit was in like the early aughts. Um, and then, you know, the people I hung around with, suddenly there were more people who were openly queer and suddenly people weren't talking that way. And. I stopped talking that way. It's just how people are. Yeah, just um, just from like somebody that I admired being like, "Hey, yeah, don't say that." I don't think so that's much. cool. Oh, I, I guess like, you're oh, right. Okay. That is kind of yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the, uh, the the and it's it's not an like yeah I can I can go to my the subreddit for my show and see people being like yeah I started getting interested in like anarchist politics and history and stuff because of something Robert said and I don't think that's bad because I think anarchist history and politics are useful even if you're not an anarchist, right? It's valuable to understand that history. It's often undertold. Um, yeah. But this is the same dynamic, this thing which is, has benefited me and to some extent benefited some of the ideas that I think are, are should be more widely known. This is also why there's more Nazis, right? Like it's, it's, it yeah. cuts every way, which way. And so you, so McLuhan, you get these new mediums, you get the internet, you get the subdivisions of the internet. Like you get social media, you get email, you get, you know, instant messaging and whatnot. And because those technologies have this gravitational effect around them that alters the trajectory of how we structure our lives, um, they become, because they are potent, because they are valuable communication uh, vectors, they become prime targets for for grift and the thing is is that all of these technologies that have accelerated communication you know people have long been pointing out like the negative impacts of social media and just like the 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 effect on like self-esteem self-perception of just being exposed to other people's curated idealized version of themselves so constantly uh, you know, it's like the, it's like, that's already, you know, uh, Im impactful in potentially negative ways. Uh, and that's when you're dealing with like real people. Uh, and, but then you add on to that, that it's like, oh, you go on Instagram and like, you can be following a bot and not even know it. You know, yeah. you're you're getting, you know, th and the algorithm is going to float this stuff. And so particularly if you're looking down these like inf these addictive infinite scroll feeds, uh, you know, you don't have the filter of pre interaction to to gauge those things. So like so like I follow you on Twitter and I know that if I see like, oh, Robert Evans has retweeted this thing that it's like, OK, so like he's taken a look at it. Uh, and, and it's been through like the filter, uh, the filter of his brain. Uh, and so I can probably just like, you know, take my trust in that thing up like one notch. Right. But if I'm just like scrolling down the, like the algorithmically curated, like this is what our computer has determined is similar to things that you have already looked at. It's, it's just it's so much more fraught, but there's it's really easy to be complacent and just be like, oh, I trust this thing. I trust this platform. And that's where we get into the trough of disappointment is 
yeah. this. Like, I trust these algorithms. These algorithms do a really good job of like, oh, I watched Dan. And so the YouTube algorithm introduced me to like a bunch of other really good creators. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oops. I watched one video on Flat Earth. And now <laughs> my my recommends are full of like covid denialism and anti-maskers and you know the trucker movement and and all of these other like wedges to just sort of slowly rot my brain yeah it, it's like it, it it's it, it it's like kind of the way our parents told us uh, or dare or whatever told us drugs worked you know when we were <laughs> little kids where someone's like oh you want some pot Here's some straight up heroin, right? Like you, you yeah. want some of this too? Like you want some crack cocaine? Um, no, and I, I, it is, you know, you were talking about like, yeah, you see, you follow someone and, and you see them share something and and if they're a trusted source for you, you, you know, it, it bumps it up a notch. And even that, you know, that's the way it, like it works for me as well. But there's a degree to which I find it like problematic, especially because like, we all fuck around on the internet too. I, I had a thing go crazy viral yeah. recently where like someone, someone posted an obviously Photoshopped image of like a, a control, like a, a, a Logitech controller at the bottom of the, of the sea and was like, look, the controller oh, yeah, survived. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I shared it to make a joke. Right. And the joke was that like, well, I, the joke was that like, well, the controller we're, we're going to find out was one of the more functional things about that terrible sub. And that was, and I even posted underneath it. This obviously, this is not a real image guys, but like, then I saw like, I, I, I wound up, finding it it went the post that I did of it went so viral that like it it wound up like screen capped and in some different reddit communities for people to talk about and they it was only the first post not the one where I was like obviously this is fake and like it was a joke I you know it was it was a it was a it was a shit post I, we, I we didn't, were we were banting online yeah 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 but also I'm like I wonder how many people now think that literally there's a logitech controller that they found at the bottom of the sea because of that what is what are the ethics now of like making a making a, a a jibe a jape as like somebody who's got like a following like where does yeah. that come into and like i don't know and i don't i'm certainly not like clear on it because i seem to be incapable of not shit posting um i spent too much time on something awful as well but it's so it's so yeah. hard to give up i i miss <laughs> yeah. it i miss the days when i could just make like tasteless jokes on ret on uh, on twitter and you know a, a couple hundred people would see them and go like that's funny uh and now it's like ah if if i'm a little too ironic someone's gonna be like oh crap are are you serious like that happened and it's like no yeah. no that did not happen no, that no, did no. not happen this is this is fake i am me i am telling it, lies for comedy it was a bit purposes. it was a bit <laughs> i was doing a bit um no and that's like you know something awful which is kind of the 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 digit it's like the um oh crap now i've forgotten a very basic science term. you know the big uh the big puddle of boiling goop that life came out of uh the primordial oh, primordial ooze. Uh, it's the the yeah, primordial, the pri- primordial soup of, of digital culture that's what something awful was it was a, a forum website that gave birth in various ways some direct and some indirect to 4chan to reddit um to twitter culture you know to all of these different to anonymous to all of these different like things uh have a, you can trace a lineage back to something awful um and the the motto of that website as written by the terrible person who founded it was the internet makes you stupid um and i i at the time what that kind of meant was and and if you're younger uh or if you just weren't very online in the late 90s early 2000s you may not remember this long period but there was a fairly long period where the default assumption in regular society was whatever happens online doesn't matter Right. Yeah. It's, like it, it's it can't fake. Matter. It's probably fraudulent. It's yeah. it's almost certainly like made up. You can't you can't yeah. trust anything online. And real people are not on the Internet. Right. Like yeah. it, it's kids. It's nerds. But like, you know, guys who run banks aren't online. You know, like the idea that the richest man in the world would spend all of his time shit posting was 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 absurd. Um, yeah. Like so. He really he, should be busier than he observably is. He, he certainly, it seems like it, although I guess so should I, um, <laughs> if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm being fair. Um, but yeah, it's, um, there's this, uh, this degree to which digital culture is still very much 
a huge chunk of it, like we all want it to not matter. We all want a place where we can just shit post and bullshit because shit posting and bullshitting comes out of like uh, the very same impulses that like determine a lot of how we interact with like our friends. Right. You know, we all need some times where you can just sit down, have a couple of beers or whatever. And like, say shit with your with your buds you know and it it's not it's not yeah. being recorded it's not going up any everywhere forever you can just kind of like talk this is the it's it's a field almost social experimentation is a huge part of maturity of growing up of becoming a person uh and i think we all get kind of there, there's a d- degree of like the accessibility of the internet that makes that impossible to entirely get over even though it is demonstrably untrue uh what happens on the internet matters quite a lot and you can have a real significant you can influence your own life in very negative ways by saying the wrong thing on the internet at the wrong time yeah Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER me Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Yeah, there, I mean, lots of people have observed just this fact that it's like on Reddit, you can, you're not on Reddit. I mean, on Reddit too. But, yeah. uh, you know, on Twitter, like once, uh, you know, once a month, uh, Twitter elects some 10 follower anime profile pick with uh who with with a single tasteless joke and makes it the the fulcrum of reality yeah and it's like that's a and the thing i i I don't think this is actually that far off topic just because like it's it's this warping of reality this warping of like what is real what is trustworthy what are the like impacts of things and the fact that like you know 10 follower account can become uh can become international news yeah has to sit alongside uh the endless bombardment of dick pills and uh global leaders like i i had this joke that i was trying to formulate over the weekend of like world war ii with twitter where it's like, you know, uh, just a, a joke hinging on the idea that some like follower bot would observe that it's like, ah, it's like, you know, two posts in a row. Like it's like the USSR has rolled into Berlin. Stalin has unfriended the president. I hope this yeah. doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> you know, that it's like that you, you have like you have international politics happening 
in the same space as fake international politics, as the same space as just like this endless bombardment of, you know, uh, of curated reality, fictionalized reality, unreality and spam. And no one knows what's real anymore. No one knows what to trust. And the the instinct in a lot of people is to just give up trying to parse the difference. And that makes us like increasingly vulnerable. Yeah. And I, I think, um, a big part of what's, what's kind of at the core of the problem here is, is, is what you've said here makes us vulnerable. The degree to which this can be weaponized is really significant. Like, the you know one of the things that we saw that i think is kind of low key a significant moment in sort of info conflict shit is this last this weekend last weekend from you know where we're talking now uh there was a mutiny by the wagner mercenary forces in ukraine and southern russia uh, against the russian government um or at least it, that's what it appears to have been now right this is russia a lot of this is really weird so i'm not going to say we know we don't we certainly don't know entirely like what happened there or like what's going on there um but yeah. one a couple of things happened very quickly for one uh folks on the right and there were also a lot of kind of like shithead left people who adopted this too decided that liberals were cheering on the head of Wagner, um, Yevgeny Prigozhin, because like they believed he was a reformer and that like they'd all fought this guy who was like a, objectively <laughs> a piece of shit and a fascist is like they're cheering him on because they hate Putin so much and they're, they've convinced themselves that he's, you know, going to fix Russia. And he's like, no, no, I, I didn't see that. Like, look, I, I, I love calling people out when they have shitty takes specifically on this specific war because I've been covering it since 2014. But like, I didn't see that. And none of the people talking about how liberals were doing this Provided any evidence of it. And it happens all the time, right? Sometimes people will like take a post that has yeah. like 30 likes and be like, this is what the left is saying. But like with this, there was even less. Like I didn't see a single post where someone was like, Prigozhin's gonna like fix, you know, corruption in Russia or whatever. No one was saying that. They just invented um, no. that this was going on. And it part of it is that like, you know, the way Twitter works now made it a lot easier for for disinfo to spread from this thing. Like there was very famously a guy who is a an absolutely a con artist just started sharing a bunch of videos from there with like bad commentary that was inaccurate. And Elon Musk was like, this is the guy I've come to trust about. We can say Elon Musk. Yeah, we can say Elon Musk. I don't know. Uh, it's a problem, Dan. Uh, See, so you, you you beat me to Elon Musk because I was going <laughs> to say that it's like the con artist was, but then it turns out that he was just retweeting that guy. It's like he got, of course, he got involved anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's the. I don't think this the solution was not because we lived, you know, our parents and grandparents lived to the day where most people would be like, well. You know, folks who are in politics maybe need to care about this. I might want to get the broad strokes of it, but like random people, you know, shouldn't be influencing what's going on with uh, these international relations. And that's how you get shit like the Dulles brothers carrying out coups all over the world on behalf of the U.S. government, where most Americans are like, what did we do in Guatemala? I didn't know we had guys in Guatemala. And that wasn't great. But also this new thing where if you are a personality, if you are in media, then you are obliged to be a part of every big thing that happens everywhere, even if you are demonstrably incompetent at that. And everyone is demonstrably incompetent at that past a certain point, you know? Yeah. And that's been, oh boy, has that, that's been a lot to deal with. And it, it, it go, going back to the original thing that started this conversation, that's part of how so many of these cons perpetuate is that like people are only competent including famous people, including people with followings in limited areas. And once you get out of your area of competence, it's easy to get fooled. And if there's a bunch of people who trust you because of the things you were right about, then they can very easily get fooled when you get fooled. One of the big hazards there is that, um, and and this is a, a longstanding observation, is that hucksters, con artists, are going to be more willing than anyone else to pretend to be up to date on it. They have no compunction about being, it's like, Oh yeah, I know I'm a, I'm an expert on submarines and Ukraine and Russia and, uh, Belarus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Fuck so it. they're, 
the reason it's a con man is because it's a confidence man, because they get your confidence because they act confidently and give you reason to give you reason to trust them. And they have yeah. no moral compunction about lying to you. Uh, and and they are always going to be faster uh, with with the take faster with the confidence statement faster with the solution faster with the with with a call to action to buy their book or dick pills. Yeah, and it's it's the and often I think part one of the things that's made this all so much harder to catch and so much more durable is that it's it used to be as obvious you used to be able to see like okay well this guy's a con man but like I'm not a person who can be conned by someone t- selling diet pills. That's not my vulnerability. So I immediately recognize this guy as a con man, or I am not a person who can be conned by Christianity stuff because I'm not a Christian. So I'm not, a me- I- I'm not vulnerable to this con man. And now so much, the cons are downstream of the following and of the fame. And so a lot of people are getting taken in by conmen and maybe, you know, the fact that, that person's putting in a link for their, their supplements, you know, on every viral post, you don't buy their supplements, but they'll come up with something else for you. It, once they get you in, once you're in the funnel, um, or even if they never convince you to buy anything, if you're sharing their content, that's bringing more people into the funnel, you know? And that yeah. that really wasn't the case. That wasn't the case with, you know, you go back 10 years, talk about like Young Living, right? Or some other like multi-level marketing company where they're selling, you know, essential yeah. oils with fraudulent health claims. They weren't getting random people to spread their business without paying for shit. And now you can do that. If you're a con man and you've already got followers because you bought a bunch and you're, you're on the Ukraine shit you just grab whatever videos and and say whatever about them you know frame them in whatever way is likely to get people to share them the most then suddenly you gain 200,000 300,000 followers in the space of a night or two and your ability to scam people and get money out of them has increased several times you know the the con is downstream of the of the platform right so you know that's you, you get this guy and maybe he's shilling thing X or thing Y. He's got a couple, you know, whatever different con he has. But regular people can be in the in the business of spreading his platform of of increasing his profitability, even if they're not vulnerable to the con. Maybe they're not the kind of person who's ever going to buy weight loss pills or, or supplements or, or or whatever kind of thing. But if this guy starts, you know, sharing all of these videos on the fighting in Ukraine, you know, at a moment when it happens to be the opportune moment to do that and they go crazy viral well then that guy is able to triple his following and you know and have people who are not interested in his con spread his shit which gets him followers which brings more traffic to whatever the money generating part of the con is Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's all a sales funnel are yeah are just that's our, whole our daily lives built. <laughs> our, we have built our society into just like a, a giant nested series of sales funnels yeah i don't know that's, dan that's bound to be a solid foundation i don't see yeah. what could go wrong it seems like that'll go well for us how do we uh you got any ideas on how to fix it <laughs> or should we just um, should we just state a problem and then run away <laughs> i mean the easy thing to do would be to uh restore trust in our public institutions um you know, uh, if we could, uh, uh, have sort of like, I I don't even want to say like a unifying cause, but just a, a sense of common of like shared commonality and, and trust in like our local, uh, our local society, you know, strong, like not necessarily strong families, but like strong family units, constructed or natural or however you want to like define or construct those, but like local with like good infrastructure around us so that our physical spaces are, you know, appealing and comfortable to live in and, and provide us a sense of like enrichment and, and fulfillment, you know, the easy stuff, uh, just, just fix infrastructure, fix society, fix media. And, uh, and then I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's good. So we, we, if we fix everything, then we won't have any more problems. That's yeah. <laughs> great. We're, we're on the same page. Now, I mean, it is really like, and this is, there's, it's also, there's also this kind of like problematic element of when you're like, well, we want to like a problem is that there's zero trust in institutions, objectively a problem, because it means that when say the CDC is like, Hey guys, 
there's a, there's a plague. We should probably do this and this and this. It immediately becomes a culture war thing. And so yeah. you can't actually you can't actually confront serious problems the way that you need to be able to confront them. It's just not possible anymore. Yeah. Um likewise uh like but the other issue is that like well for significant chunks of the population there's never been any good reason to trust you know the institutions because you know they're marginalized groups and whatever you know when the institutional trust was higher like the government was fucking them in this way and that way and yeah. you know that's also I, I i so i wonder like i think there's a significant extent to which we need new concepts of like what an institution is and should be like we, we need, it's, it's such a ground floor problem because like, I don't know, we're never getting back to a point where Americans trust the CDC. Like that's just not going to happen. You know, like whatever the way forward is on us having less, the overcoming the anti-vax anti-science shit around medicine. It's not getting everyone to love the CDC. You know, that's just not ever going to happen again. Yeah. And, and part of the complexity here is that it's, it's really easy to sort of say that, you know, it's like, okay, well the, the solution is like strong central institutions. And it's like, that's not, that's not correct at all either because like i mean the my go-to example for that would be that it's like look at look at the lds church look at mormons they have a very very strong central institution that provides this like social anchoring point for a lot of their lives and yet mormon communities are incredibly vulnerable to affinity fraud and uh and mlms you know like utah salt lake is like the 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 locus of mlm culture and so like it, it's not the the sort of like strong man like ah this is why we need strong like you know strong leaders is is not isn't the answer in no. a, in its own way even if it's a very tempting sort of like answer to gravitate towards yeah that's that's I don't know um I don't actually know. There, part of the problem is that like there are little solutions, right? There are yeah. little things that you can do, stuff like advocating for, um, you know, a, a more functional idea of like a more a more functional legal definition of like what an auto dialer is and what counts as like illegally sort of like flooding phone lines with 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 cons and stuff, or restricting you know the ability of people like uh, bill collectors and stuff um, to utilize you know the phone system in some of the ways that they do, like the, the and that can make stuff better. Just like, um, you know, at a certain point, we will develop tools that mitigate some of the harm AI is doing in the con yeah. space, some of its ability to automate and and push it to people uh, at scale will get reduced. At a certain point, that will happen, right? Because it happens with everything. You know, AI is not unique. Um, this is the it's it's a you've heard the you've heard of the Red Queen hypothesis, right? Yeah, it's kind of a way of like for, for those. It's kind of like a way of looking at evolutionary theory. There's this this point in Alice in Wonderland where you know the the Red Queen kind of like traps Alice in in this situation where like she's got to keep running as fast as she can, um, but it's like a, a a situation like a conveyor belt sort of situation. So no matter how how hard she runs, she never gets ahead, right? And that's kind of the way that like you the evolutionary arms race works, right? Like you know one one animal develops a defense against a predator and the predator develops a way around it and like the 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 like that's kind of the best case scenario for how we adapt to cons i think actually like technology just moves too fast now for us to to be able to keep up right like we're not we're not just standing in place we're consistently following behind and i don't know i don't know what we do here uh i mean yeah, so like there will there will be techno technological solutions to specific manifestations. I mean, a big one like in there, like to not to not bant is that you know the uh, uh, at a the legal system, the governments like governments need to do something about the robocalling and the text messages because they're rendering a vital piece of like civic yeah. infrastructure unusable. Yeah. Uh, people don't trust their phones anymore. And that's, that's bad. Um, yeah. because it means they stop using it. You know, it's like there, there's, yeah, there, there's very real like consequences. Uh, and we, we need to be able to trust that we're talking to, to people who aren't just trying to get our money. Yeah. Yep. Well, Dan, 
<laughs> you got anything you want to plug at the end of this here? Uh, your YouTube uh, channel, Folding Ideas, everyone should check out if you have not already. Yeah, the YouTube channel, that's going to be the big one. Uh, I'm still on, I'm on socials at Foldable Human, though I'm trying to wean myself off of them because they're broken and being broken on purpose. Yeah. And uh, they're bad for my soul. So yeah. I still, I'm addicted, so I still keep coming back, but I'm I'm a lot less active than I used to be. Oh, sorry, um, I didn't hear you. I was uh, I was too busy getting anxious because of a thing on Twitter. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your your thoughts on all of this. I'm looking forward to your your next video, um, your next investigation, whatever that happens to be. Um, folks should check out, if you haven't, uh, Line Goes Up, your documentary on NFTs. You should check out uh, Contrapreneurs, is I think what you called your, your Mickelson Twins documentary. Yeah. Um, check out everything Dan has done. Uh, thank you, Dan. And that is the episode. You can all go home now and deal with uh, the fact that your bank information just got stolen by somebody in Macedonia. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.